From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. And welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Oh, it's so good to be back with you. And we are in the studio. And I have an announcement. I don't know if it's because episode 100 is coming up, but we have new equipment. I think we can probably put a, a photo somewhere and you can see this actually is starting to look professional. What do you guys think? <laughs> we still have mattresses on the wall though, so. And your mic is still on a book, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true, all right. We're still worthless servants. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I was so excited and now you're right. I'm looking we at the mattresses. Right. It's getting, it's We're just here it's, to keep you humble. Yeah. Yes. It's the next level for sure. We yeah. have Awesome microphones and microphone stands, though. So, AJ, yes, we are taking a step baby up steps. In the world. One AJ step at a time. has a soundboard with lots of colors, lots and of I love it. Lots of buttons. <laughs> and lots of buttons. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are excited, and we'll see if this actually uh, translates into higher quality of sound. <laughs> <laughs> quality of content. That's yeah, up to you. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> uh, this episode, uh, you know that for the last few episodes that we've done, we've been talking about what we've been thinking, right? Uh, so, things that have been challenging to us, possibly things that we've been reading, maybe things that God's been doing in us, right? And so we're going to do that. But first, I need to introduce all of us. And my name is Scott Armstrong, but to my left is Natalie Franco. Hi, guys. To her left is... The esteemed AJ Fry. Oh my goodness. Hey guys. <laughs> I'm really giving him compliments because he has so many buttons he's pushing over there. <laughs> he can silence or mute any of us. And quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Across from me is Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. And to my right, as always, <laughs> Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact in Canada, they don't use the term Canadian bacon. It's they, just bacon, right? Bacon. No, it's called back bacon if you're oh. um, from a certain part. If you're from southern Ontario, it's pea meal bacon. What? I might be butchering that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It's not smoked, though. It's brined. Brined? Is that a verb? Can you make it a verb? Back bacon makes me a little queasy. No, like, you have to eat it. Yeah, I have to eat it no matter what. Like, is it from the back of the pig? I feel like it probably isn't. It's the loin. I have no clue what that is. I don't, I don't want to know. And Chelsea's dad's a farmer, so if she doesn't know what it is, nobody knows what My it is. My dad's a grain farmer. <laughs> not, a, not a pig farmer. Natalie, do you know where bacon comes from on a pig? No. No, I don't either. I'm assuming it's underneath because that's where all the fat is on a pig and yeah. bacon's super fatty. Yeah. But right. Canadian bacon is not fatty. No, it isn't. Maybe it's a different part. Because it's from the so back. So the back bacon <laughs> is the same the thing as Canadian bacon. Right. Mm. It's the same thing, but it's just not called Canadian bacon because they're in Canada. Right. That's true. It's like calling Brazil nuts, Brazil nuts in Brazil. <laughs> or French Wait. fries, French fries in, in France. France. That's yeah. not yeah. true. <laughs> that is not French true. fries are not from France. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I always love when we have a fun fact that devolves into us not knowing anything about the world around You're us. <laughs> so let's move into the topic of the day. And essentially this episode is an excuse for us to all share cool stuff that we've been thinking about. So let's start with AJ this time. What have you been thinking about? I have been thinking a lot about unity, actually. I'm going to get real deep real quick. Whoa, okay. we're starting. Yeah, we're, we're starting deep. So I've been thinking about, honestly, I got, I've been thinking about some shows on Disney Plus, but that's 
um, beside the fact. <laughs> um, I, unity is what I've really been thinking about. This comes from John 17. When John records this lengthy prayer from Jesus, he prays about his disciples and he prays about like the unity of his disciples. But then he goes on praying for the people that his disciples teach, right? So us in effect, right? And he, he prays this prayer and he says, starting in verse 20, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, us in effect, right? That all of them may be one, just as you in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, this, upon the first read of this, like I read the whole chapter all at once and just kind of skimmed over this. But if I just look at this passage, this is incredible to me because not only is he praying for like unity, like we all get along in the church and that we don't, not that there's not disagreements, but that we talk through our disagreements, right? But we, like we get along and we're all striving for one goal, right? To me, that implies that there wouldn't be denominations necessarily, right? Um, and that we'd get along. But it's so much more deeper than that because he says, in the same way that Jesus and Father God are united, that is huge because Jesus and the Father are so one, so united that we call them one God. The Father's thoughts are Jesus's thoughts. The Father's words are Jesus's words. Can you imagine that kind of unity? And then he goes on to say that we, as the church, as Christians, can have that same unity with him. That just blows my mind. <laughs> I hunger and thirst for that kind of unity. I'm, I'm speechless because I can't imagine like, being so connected with God, being so connected with Christ, that there is no question in your mind like if this is the right thing to do or not, you know, like you are so connected, like, you know, there's no, there's no debate in your mind what to do next. You're not praying for guidance because you know you're connected, right? I mean, that, that just changes my whole mindset on prayer. Even the whole way that we quote unquote do Christianity, that changes everything. If we have that level of unity with Christ, that's, I assume that's what it's going to be like in heaven, right? For eternity is this kind of unity, this kind of connectedness. Mm -hmm. I just can't get over it. And I see all the broken pieces of the world. And I see all the ways that the church, it seems like, is trying to divide itself on pity issues, like the color of a room or, you know, chairs versus pews or building versus no building. I mean, all these things are very trivial, and yet it divides us. I long for this kind of unity, not just among the church, but the church with Christ, with God. There's a lot of things that I'm thinking as you're talking. Unity, first of all, unity is not uniformity. Right. Uh, so it's not everyone thinking the same thing or right. being the same uh, in the same political party. That's not the unity that we're striving for. It's still with differences of opinion, conflicts even. Yeah. But unity, one. Yeah. And it also reminds me when you're talking about the just being so in tune with the Father, 
just Brother Lawrence practicing the presence of God. Mm. He would talk about how he was praying when he was sweeping, when he was washing dishes, when he was a monk and he was just doing this menial work, but he was so, he was worshiping God. He was with God. He was listening to God. He was talking with God. It was like his best friend. And I, I do think that we have a ways to go before all of life is absorbed in his mm. presence. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that just makes me think about like, are we doing prayer and worship wrong? I don't know that we necessarily are. I think the way we do them now helps us get further in our relationship with Christ. But if like you're saying in, with Brother Lawrence, like everything you do is worship. Everything you do is prayer. There's this pray continuously that Paul was talking about, right? When you have that kind of unity with Christ, that's what it is. All your thoughts and your conversations is worship and prayer. Yeah, I think there's um, definitely a piece of even, Scott, when you said unity is not uniformity, that I think we're trying to still figure out in the church. And I think that's why the um, metaphor that Paul gives us of the church as the body of Christ. And I've, you Mm -hmm. know, as a preacher, tried to think about um, the body and like, what's another metaphor? Because I understand the body. I'm a nurse. I'm educated in the sciences. I understand biology and stuff like that. But like, that really is the definition of what unity is because the brain functions very differently than the heart and the heart functions functions very differently than the kidneys and the kidneys function very differently than the nervous system. But like all of those things go together to create what is the body and the perfectness of the body. And so finding the ways that we can be church in those different expressions of who God is. And that's what I think that we really need to to bring our minds around more when we think about unity in the church is what are these expressions? God's placed himself in everybody that's a part of the church. And so what are these expressions and and how do we work together so that we create the unified picture of what the church is? It doesn't mean that the brain is the heart. And and so even like when I think about denominations, you know, I think there's a place for denominations in the world. I agree. Because we need to have those different things. And we just need to make sure we don't fall to the side of like, we only need the heart in order to make life function. No, we need right. everything in order to make life function right. the way that God's designed it to be. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh man, uh, we could dive <laughs> You deeper. could have a whole episode. On <laughs> I know. That. I feel like we should, um, wow. but we're going to move to the next one. Remember, this is just kind of uh, to touch on for five or six minutes uh, what we've been thinking about. So Natalie, we'll go to you. What have you been thinking about? Well, thank God I didn't bring anything like too, too funny because that was deep. Yeah, I warned you. We were all listening to him and we were all like, yes, man, that's true. Natalie's still trying to get out of the deep end of the pool and move a little bit more to the shallow side. Oh, well, well um, I've been thinking for like a year, almost a year um, after graduating to finally do something with missions to serve one or two years in the mission field. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like you're nervous right now. I'm really nervous. <laughs> this is a time of confession oh for now. Yes. And, and you know there are people listening to this, oh so you God. can't go back now. I know. <laughs> so um, this year I decided to be strong and courageous. So I, two years, two days ago, sorry, I filled out the form of send me in mm-hmm. Nazarene org page. Great. 
I said step of faith. <laughs> I'm, I'm tingling. <laughs> Just to paint the picture, she is shaking. She yes. really is, yeah. Okay, so I'm really nervous about this. Um, I've been praying a lot about this, and I finally feel like this is this, this is something I need to do. Um, so I have lots of questions, actually. Like, <laughs> um, so what's the next step after filling that form out? We'll give you a little glimpse into what happens when you fill that form out. When you fill it out, it does go to the Global Ministries Center. But who are the representatives in our region to help follow up with anyone that would fill out that form? Well, they're in this room right here. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, Emily and I would get in touch with you and say, how can we accompany you in your call? Now, that's pretty funny because we're already doing that a little bit. But because you've said this and because you filled out that form, there is kind of a, a sense that this is more official now. And so I think that we can be even more intentional on guiding you and saying, okay, so that you would be deployed after graduation, which is coming soon, probably this year, yeah. right? God yeah. willing. Yeah, God <laughs> yes. willing, exactly. Then what would we need to do so that end of this year, you would be on the mission field? And uh, we are praying for workers. Honestly, we could talk with you later about specific needs that, that we have. Awesome. So I have another question. So do I need my pastor recommendation and also my church needs to send me or it is just my decision? Yes, it does require a pastoral recommendation. So uh, just exactly what Scott said, now that you've kind of like started a more formalized process, we as Global Missions Mesoamerica will send a letter to your pastor and we'll say, hey, you've got somebody from your church that's interested in missions and they've contacted us and we would like a formal recommendation letter from you um, and also your church board. And that's actually something new that just got started last year. And we really like it that it is involving the local church more and we can be pretty sure, Natalie, I would say a hundred percent, but pretty sure that your church board and your pastor would say, we really love Natalie. She has been involved in ministry. We would give her that recommendation. Um, but yeah, the only thing that I will literally send you an email and say, make sure your pastor knows that you've contacted us Yeah, because I can tell you what's happened before is we send that letter recommendation and a pastor will write me back and be like, I had no clue this person was even interested in being a missionary. So we want to make sure you have that conversation I've been with your pastor with him. before we do. So yeah, he already yeah. knows. Yep. So that'll be probably within the next 10 days, I can tell you, if you just filled it out within the past 48 hours. In the next 10 days, we'll be sending that email out. Okay, awesome. So yeah. I have just one last question. Do you have any recommendation for someone like me that is interested in this mission process? Well, first of all, like, I think for listeners, like, they might think, did we plant Natalie to be able to say this? Because <laughs> the essence of our entire podcast is like to get people involved in missions more and, uh, and, and a whole lot more, of course. But no, this is like real. Like we're hearing from about this uh, and thank you for bringing it to us. Advice, honestly, uh, you know, the first step is filling out a form. But filling out a form is not going to prepare you. It's not going to, it, it will get the ball rolling. But obviously there's there are things both in your education, but and I'm saying you, but for any candidate in your education, maybe even in your personal life that like need to start to be formed for you to be able to have success, to be sent, but then to be, be able to have success on the mission field. And so the most important thing is to 
to get connected with us. Send us, literally, if you're hearing this, somebody is hearing this, then uh, send us an email, write to us on, on Facebook, on our Facebook page, uh, wherever, and we will be able to get you in touch with either us or somebody else that can guide you in these steps because your steps may be different. Um, somebody else, we've had people that have contacted us that are children or that are 12 years old. Well, that's going to be different than somebody who's graduating college. We've had also retirees uh, or, or families. And so the advice is a little different in each case. Yeah, but a piece of super practical advice is I'm glad that you said I filled out this form because we are starting this new global process and I should have gotten an automatic email that somebody filled out a form, but I can tell you I haven't gotten an automatic email. So that means I need to go find what you sent. So if you're started something or you're interested in something, always, just like Scott said, reach out to us. Even if you're like, well, I already did my part now. I'm just waiting to hear from them. If you don't hear from us in two days or three days, send us an email and say, hey, I filled this out and I don't know what else to do. Like always over communicate. Don't just wait to be communicated to. Number one thing that anybody can do. Awesome. That's awesome. Oh, I'm excited, Matthew. All right. Well, get ready. I'm going to start looking for assignments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. We, you know, we believe in you. So this is cool. So let's keep going. Chelsea, what are you thinking or what have you been thinking about? Well, I brought with me a serious topic and a not so serious topic. I'm going to go with a not so serious because, because we've been serious. AJ just preached at us, <laughs> <laughs> which is exciting and good. And I, whatever. <laughs> um, so when this episode is airing, we have been on vacation for the last month and a half basically, which was a gift from the Lord. It was so good. It's not normal that we would get that long of vacation time. But that was so good. I needed the mental break of just a change of environment. We went back to the States and like we're still in quarantine and we didn't go do stuff. It wasn't like this exciting vacation where we went skiing or something, went on a water slide or <laughs> Disney. Um <laughs> It was just a breath of fresh air, which was awesome. And so it reminded me, like, I feel like we've announced this enough on this podcast. AJ and I are on this journey of, like, incorporating Sabbath into our life. But it reminded me the need for Sabbath in our daily life of this remembering that God is in control of everything to the point that I can relax and let go of some stress or anxiety about things that I'm struggling with or dealing with. And so it was just a good month and a half. During that same time that you, you guys were on vacation, we also had saved up vacation throughout the year. And there were times that Emily and I talked about like, should we view vacation differently? Mm -hmm. You know, we take a lot of vacation and stay in the Dominican Republic and stay a lot of times at, at the, at our own house. And it's not a surprise that we don't feel renewed after that. And we did feel renewed this time because we got away. Now that was a year of pandemic and a year of really staying at home. And so just literally displacing ourselves, moving, being in a different place, I think was mentally and emotionally so important. And so it caused us to say, do we need to incorporate this in the future when we can, you know, rethink kind of how we do vacation or, or renewal, or we could even say Sabbath. Yeah. So the, one of the authors that we've mentioned before, John Mark Comer, 
um, he talks about the need to take, like you take a weekly Sabbath, but then once a year he takes a week retreat. And normally he does it at a monastery. Monastery? Mm-hmm. Like a silent place. So whatever you want to go. It's a monastery called like analogous to a silent place. Isn't there a movie about this? A monastery is where monks live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So a silent one. All right. Because they're not all silent. No. Some of them are. <laughs> so he goes to a silent one. So he spends a week in silence. And like he talks about the need for that purely just to reset his brain of just like check out of his normal situation and his normal routine. And it's really restorative for his whole year. And then when he goes on vacation, he says he goes on vacation. Sometimes he leaves his phone at home and they go hours away. So does that stress you out? Not that he just said awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds amazing. (laughs) And we can do that too. It's Um, just that we don't. (laughs) Well, and I think that's part of the the context is there are certain people groups in the world that can talk and have the uh, conversation of vacation. And there's other people that cannot even have the conversation of vacation. Right. Like that is not a part of their life. They don't have the finances. They don't have the time. Yeah. They work six or seven days a week. I think of some of the, yeah. the oppressed people in countries of Asia that are working in garment factories or electronic factories that are literal 12 to 14 hour days. And that's how you get some of this um, human trafficking and child slave labor and stuff like that. So when you like even cross over into these bounds of illegalities, but like, let's take it back to, okay, well, there's legalities. There's people that literally choose to work seven days a week because they are agricultural people that uh, they don't have tons of people that are employees and they're going and working in their fields all the time. And for me, when I think about you know, what God has commanded of us with Sabbath and rest, it's more about like creating that margin in life. And so for some people, it's that we are so incredibly busy and we put all of our resources and our time that like we need to step back and take a week, you know, or or longer or whatever, you know, depending on what that circumstance is. But I often think about the people that are um, underserved and and underprivileged and they can't leave their house. Like I think if anything, that's what 2020 did for me is it God literally put me in a place here in my house that he helped me to see that look at all these people in this bate, you know, this neighborhood that is literally one mile from your house that they never leave their house either and feel all the mental stress that you're underneath right now. And all of the, like, I just feel trapped and I can't get out of this. And like, they live that every day. And so God really started telling me, you know, like, so if you can't step outside of that reality, how do you still create margin? And I think that's where you get into spiritual disciplines. And even if that's your reality forever, that's never going to change. You can always have 20 minutes reading the word of the Lord. You can always have 10 minutes just praying and worshiping. You know, there's there's so many little things you can do, even if you can't get outside of that circumstance to be totally set apart, which is great. And I, I'm not, I'm would be an advocate for that as well, if you can. Um, But I think the conversation goes both ways, you know, of like God has created us as humans to need margin. And so even if we can't say I have the finances or the time or whatever to have vacation, we still are invited by God and even commanded by God to create that margin in our life. Well, that's really good. I mean, you ended up talking and now I'm going to ask you if you would bring what you've been thinking about as well. So uh, what's on your mind? 
Sure. Mine um, is the last one. It doesn't even have to be very long, but I've been reading a book and it's interesting. The title caught my attention because I think I've said on this podcast before that I've dealt with the anxiety a little bit and um, never been like diagnosed and have like tried to create a lot of self-awareness and things. But the title of the book is called um, Raising Worry-Free Girls, Helping Your Daughter Feel Braver, Stronger and Smarter in an Anxious World. And the author is Sissy Goff and uh, she's a counselor she counsels um, younger girls and like uh, adolescents and as they're getting into their teenage years and it just got my attention the whole entire title because I was like hey I'd heard a podcast and she had talked about it and she said she's noticed in her own practice over the past seven to eight years that the amount of girls that come into her office to talk about anxiety or worry has skyrocketed and so it just really got my attention I was like I want to read her book you know I want to see because I work with a lot of adolescents and younger girls And I thought, yeah, I kind of had seen that too, but, um, I pulled out a quote and I just kind of want to ask you guys, I'm not going to, you could read the whole book if you want to know. She's a Christian author. She's a Christian counselor. Um, So her whole entire last section talks about how we need to have this trust in Jesus Christ and how we need to foster uh, that he's in control of these things. But she also is very practical. And so one thing that I wanted to just ask you guys, she says that we need to practice flexibility as a family. She said one of the ways that we can help combat anxiety in our life because anxiety comes when we feel like we're out of control. So you have to practice flexibility so that when something happens that like it's more natural to be flexible as opposed to super strict, you know, like, oh, I have to be in control. Mm. So she says, I'm going to read this. She said, first, it can be helpful to practice in the safety of your own home. And here's what she says you can do. And I would be interested to know if you guys feel like, yeah, we could make one little change. She says, you can change seats at the dinner table. Like, I know our family, we all sit in the same exact chair every single time. She said, change seats at the dinner table. Serve breakfast for dinner. Make beds with the pillows in the opposite direction. So, like, put the pillows at the feet instead of at the head. Mix up the bedtime routine or which one of you wakes up the kids in the morning. Little changes can have a big impact on your daughter, she says, learning flexibility. So, I just wanted to kind of leave that with you guys of even thinking about changing seats at the dinner table or making your bed different. Is that something that you think you would maybe try this week to maybe help increase some flexibility? Natalie, do you always sit at the same place at the dinner table? Table, does I don't everyone? Know. You don't? No, we just sit. Whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I don't know about you guys, the fries. We only have two chairs at our table. Right, so there's not <laughs> Emily's much very upset there. about our table at our house. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a weird table. We should put a picture of it on Facebook. <laughs> but we'd switch up which side of the si- table we sit on every once in a while. Yeah. I would say that I'm not, like, inflexible. But I do like routines. Uh, every once in a while, but I also like diversity. So like my, my example is from when I was in university, we got into like, in a, if you walked into a classroom, you got into the habit of sitting in the same spot. There weren't assigned seats, but you know, everybody just assumed, oh, this is my chair. This is where I sit. Cause that's where I sat on the first day, you know? So I would be, the, I would be the person that would sit in a different spot just because I wanted hey, diversity. Hey. I wanted, <laughs> I didn't want to like force anybody to be f- more flexible like you're talking about, but I just wanted diversity. So like doing things like that sounds fun to me because it's just different. I like to be different mm-hmm. every once in a while. I think I want to try the pillow one. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, that's interesting. That that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about that too. Like if we were to do that. Does that make you nervous? Randomly. It doesn't make me nervous, 
what I will say is like, even as you said, thinking about classes, I remember when somebody would, would do that and I would come in and I'd be like, somebody's in my seat. Bro, that's yeah. my seat. <laughs> yeah. Or that happens in a church service in yeah. the yes. sanctuary of like, yeah. I always sit in that pew yeah. or that chair. And in my head, obviously I'm like, that's stupid. Why did I think that? But mm -hmm. the initial part of it is, listen, we had this understanding, this unwritten rule <laughs> and you just broke it, man. You know? So, uh, so yeah, there is still something in me that likes routine, but like when can routine become a rut is, yeah. is a question. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, just to end the thought, I think one of the things that I've been trying to challenge myself to do, knowing that I struggle sometimes with anxiety and worry and things like that, is finding some of those little things to help make my spirit more flexible. Just like you said, Scott. So if somebody's sitting in that chair, it could be that the knee-jerk reaction is hey, that's where I'm supposed to sit. But like, you're still able to go find somewhere else to sit. It didn't ruin your whole day. It didn't, you know, and that's, I think, uh, what she would go to of that's creating flexibility. Maybe for some people like AJ, it's just like, oh, well, I'll find another chair. But I think for a lot of people, it would be like, oh, I have to find another chair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I feel off the entire and class. And it makes yeah. me feel off the entire class. So um, it's just been interesting to me to try to practice flexibility. I think sometimes we think that like our circumstances have to control if we're flexible or not, yeah. but finding ways to practice flexibility is Or even been our personality is like, oh, I'm not a flexible person. Right, mm -hmm. right. And I just don't do that. So, yeah. yeah. I, you can ask AJ, I'm too flexible. <laughs> I can't function on a schedule, so I'm not going to practice it because probably it'll get me more in trouble. Um, just to put that out there. <laughs> and I mean, I know we're finishing up uh, at the same time. I think the most important thing, what you said is not like how we were to, were to do this or like, do we do the pillow thing? Do we do the dinner thing or whatever? But if you create little moments in your day where things don't go the way that you normally do them mm -hmm. and you start to get accustomed in a weird way, sure. ironic way, but uh, start to get accustomed to no things can change. Then when big changes come into your life, it's not going to throw you. It's not going to hit you in the same way. And so that concept does resonate with me. You know, uh, maybe we can control a lot of these little things so that when the big things, a pandemic, uh, death in the family, uh, having to move, many life changes, whatever, those will not create as much anxiety. Right. Yeah, interesting. Man, that's, that's what we've been thinking. Uh, <laughs> uh, if people wanna, wanna talk about unity, a missions call, trying to remember vacation, vacation or <laughs> Sabbath and anxiety, where can they get a hold of us? <laughs> find us on our Facebook page at the Worthless Servants Podcast, or you can find us online at mesoamericagenesis.org. We also put all of these episodes on Spotify. So if you want to give us a follow there, you can get all of the most recent episodes directly to your app. I would also like to say, put a little asterisk here. We are not counselors. So if you're so, like you experience anxiety and you need like yeah. therapy, don't come to us for that. That's, that's not I us. Mean, you, you can come to us, but we're going to send you somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> our, de our deep advice is not just change your pillows. Right. No, so, like, change the way you sleep each night. Yeah. So thank you for saying that, actually. That is very important. 
And before we end, I just want to say thank you to the donor that gave us money for these awesome yes. new Amen. microphones and systems and AJ's new colored buttons. So yes. this is amazing. Thank, thank you. you. You know who you are. You know who you are. That's awesome. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> we know who you are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's Remember, great. next episode, uh, Chelsea is so <laughs> excited. Not the lead as well. Why am I excited? Next episode is the anniversary. Am I in charge of that? 100 years. 100 years, 100 years <laughs> of worthlessness. <laughs> um, and so remember, we have been ramping up and we would ask you to tell at least five people about our podcast. Get five more subscribers. Get five more people to know about it, to like the page and to subscribe. And also make sure that you bring ice cream and a party popper, like the confetti popper thing. The, the bar is being set high. <laughs> if you don't bring them, don't listen to episode 100. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Scott. You can listen. Please listen. <laughs> okay. So we are the Worthless Servants, and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we will talk with you on our 100th episode. <laughs> For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.